0: Super Talk Mississippi media production. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman Woo. with you on a Thursday morning. Glad to be talking with you today. We've got a great show lined up for you wherever you're listening to us today at supertalk.fm or wherever you get your podcast from. We appreciate you t- tuning in to the podcast. We always like you guys starting your morning with us or your afternoon or if or whenever Justin Strong gets up. I don't know when that is. I don't know the word for that. It's not, it's not morning. It's kind of night. I don't know. But whatever, whatever you do, you do that. And we will uh, be here with you. Especially, we want to thank our servicemen and women across the globe protecting us. We want to thank our sponsor, Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Those guys, as always, getting it done. You're getting ready for the first football game you know, here in Starkville, which is two weeks away. We're going to talk about that game today as I talk to Luke Johnson and we preview USM but uh, when you come back to Starkville, don't forget to stop by Strangery Coffeehouse. And don't forget, if you can't make it to Starkville, they ship. They'll ship anything they make to you. Uh, they won't make the drinks for you. Those won't ship very well. But their coffees ship just fine, as do their hot chocolates. So check that out online. If you can't make it back to Starkville, you can always get a taste of Starkville uh, when, you sh- when you ship and shop, careful, with Strangery Coffee. You ever go to Pat O'Brien's and they do the, the whole all-day-long-she-sits-and-shucks song? It can be. It can be. It can be. You can screw that up really easily. She sits and shucks at the oyster house. That's what she does. So, uh, Joel's here. There he is over there. How you guys doing today? We're, we're doing good. Uh, we learned today. You know, just I wasn't on, asking you. I was asking them. Uh, well, I'm. I'm. Let, I'm speaking for the people. Okay. I am the people. The voice of the voiceless. Uh, before we do anything else, image mean, related. Let's talk about horny goat weed. Let's talk about what is MLB doing now? Well, we've heard all year that the balls were juiced. Uh, <laughs> the and puns write themselves. <laughs>
1: Swinging the big stick, <laughs> hammering away. Of all the notifications, I thought I'd get today: MLB banning the use of gas station gas station sexual, sexual stimulants or whatever you want to call them. I mean, any gas station
0: you go in, they're in there, right? You know, and they got the little thing. You put the quarter. No one. I've never done it. Thank God. And now we find out that baseball players are getting hopped up on generic makeshift Viagra. I guess. My God,
2: <laughs> it's this world
0: we live in, Joel. I'd say every day we stray a little further from God's light. <sighs> All right, let's get back on track. I wanted to get I, that was just burning a hole in my head. I had to get that out of there. <laughs> now we can move on with the actual podcast. Uh, just the thought of 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 Aaron Judge, just you know taking some sort of enhancement that isn't a steroid. you know? <laughs> We talked to some assistant coaches today. Uh, we talked to Terry Richardson, We did uh, Marcus Johnson, and Chris Marv. I thought that was some of the most uh, engaging assistant coach talk we've had in quite a while. Uh, those guys uh, were very into it. and Three different uh, scenarios for all of them in that I feel like top to bottom Marv has the best unit on the team, linebackers. Richardson's probably second, and then Johnson could be third, but he's got a lot of, of flux and a lot of transition. Let's start with him. He feels pretty good about the depth, and, and depth is really the key. You know, anybody can have those the first five, and they can be really, really good. But if you don't have depth there, you know, you, you're just one play away from having a lot of problems. It, it sounds to me like Marcus Johnson believes he's got a group that could go seven, eight, maybe nine deep if he needs.
1: I tell you what. I'm not one that usually buys into the coach speak just a ton. Marcus Johnson doesn't use a ton of coach speak. He's a guy that stands up there, and he's kind of like Bob Shoup. You ask him a question, he's going to tell you what he thinks. Yeah. And good, bad, indifferent, that's just how he is. After talking to him today, I already thought State's O-line was going to be pretty good. After talking to him today, it seems like he thinks they're going to be really good. And I guess, really, you're right. The question remains, is the depth going to be okay, but – the the way that I don't know the, the the confidence that he stood behind that podium with today and talked about pretty much every single guy yeah at, at least once or twice throughout the course of uh, of him talking to us and I don't know man he he sold me on the fact that this group is gonna be a okay up front like yeah. if you had any hesitation as to whether or not to buy into state because of the offensive line I don't know that anybody did I think everybody kind of expects them to at least be adequate. Johnson, the way he talked made me think this is going to be a much better than just adequate group. I mean, it seemed like he's really, really high on most every one of them. Um, talked about Daryl Williams and how he believes that Daryl Williams is more suited for the center position even than than Elston Jenkins because Daryl is a vocal guy, and in, in Marcus's words, Daryl kind of wanted this. Um, you know, Elston, not that he's, you know, super, super quiet, but he he was more of a you know lead by example I guess kind of guy and and Daryl not that he doesn't lead by example but he'll also use verbalization as well so just everything that he said about every one of those guys leads you to believe that he is extremely confident that that group is going to be a strength of the team. Yeah, I mean, I mean
0: a team with a strong offensive line, you feel good about them being able to do just about anything. Uh, you know, that that that's just – it's such a huge key. Uh, and then in the backfield with Terry Richardson in that group, you know, obviously he knows what he has there with Kylan Hill. And I asked the question, do you think he can be a 250 carry back? And did I get the answer I wanted to hear? Yes, you did. Yes, I did. Because he said, that's what we're planning for. If Kylan Hill's a 250 carry back, Kylan Hill should be a 1,200 to 1,500 yard back. And if that happens – I, I would feel really confident that your prediction of nine and three is going to be a a, a makeable mark for Mississippi State.
1: Yeah, and I would also say that if if Hill's rushing for twelve hundred to to fifteen hundred yards, that means he's being successful in the run game, of course, with with his carries that he gets. Which I would then say is probably partially in effect because State's passing game is a little better, opening up. The, you know open up the box a little bit and for for Colin hill to run so I think it all kind of ties together I think you're right if he gets 200 and fifty carries or whatever uh Richardson was talking about it if that happens and you're right and, and he's in that range then to me that that's a telltale sign that state is is getting everything going in a balanced manner and and if that defense just takes a small you know it takes just even if it takes a little bit of a step back. If that offense can take a giant leap which I think that would be in the, in that instance if if you got Kylan doing that kind of damage and and if it's because the state's a little more balanced i mean state's gonna be a a lot better than anyone thought they would be back at the you know beginning of January when we were leaving Tampa
0: yeah I agree with that you no. Another note with uh, Terry Richardson, and I encourage you to look at the video I did on uh, at Sports Talk Mississippi's uh, <laughs> Twitter feed. He got some information from us today. Normally, it's the other way around. Normally, we're asking the questions, and he's giving us information. He gave We gave him information today. He was not aware that his running backs had made the comparison of themselves to...
1: Now, in, in, in Lee Witherspoon's defense... He hasn't
0: made that comparison. Lee Witherspoon
1: has made no comparison. But he
0: has been compared to Nick Chubb, and uh, then Nick Gibson... Uh, Compared he and Kylan Hill to Reggie Bush and Lindell White. Yes. And I would like to now quote Terry Richardson when we talked, especially the first one that c- c- comparing to, to Nick Chubb. What? <laughs> that was a quote. Uh, he I, he was not aware these comparisons could be made. He said he couldn't wait to talk to those guys today. I
1: feel like I need to call. Uh, I, I feel like I need to call Terry Richardson and be sure I, I let him and emphasize the fact. That Lee Witherspoon did not compare himself to Nick Chubb. That maybe, was maybe tweet out. was him. It's like I want to don't get him don't get in, into him. But the it, other two, it, it, was, it's not his fault that he is supposed. It's actually all Nick Gibson, Kyle, Well, no, Colin Hill did the, 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 and, the, and, the and Nick Darryl, Chubb thing. And Daryl Williams also uh, put the Nick Chubb label a little bit on on uh, on Witherspoon. But but yeah, it, it's not Witherspoon's fault that he has impressed people enough at camp that other people are calling him Nick. You know, Nick Chubb. That's not it's not Lee's fault. So. But yeah, I would love to be a fly on the wall in the running back room today. I think that's going to be a fun. They're day. going to
0: have some fun uh, talking. And in, in,
1: in, in, in Terry Richardson's words, you can be who you want to be. Just run the ball.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, he also used one of my favorite quotes: "Don't talk about it. Be about it." Yeah, I love I love that quote. That's you know, that's only uh, beaten by Razor Ramon saying, "Don't don't sing it. Bring it." That's that's the only thing I would prefer in that situation. Uh, but a another a confident assistant coach with a group that he should be confident about. And then Chris Marv, obviously, that guy has more talent in his group than probably just anybody else, any other room uh, in that in that building right now. I mean, his top three guys could probably start at just about every other SEC school. Um, and then he's got some guy, you know, some younger guys behind him. You've been asking a lot of questions about Tim Washington. I gotta assume there's a story coming.
1: Yeah, and I requested Tim to talk to him yesterday, and uh, I think that he uh, I, MSU. I must have sent my request in too late or something. I, I don't know. But anyway, didn't get him yesterday. Tim is a guy that I will that we'll talk to. Um, they said I, I can get him next week kind of thing. But, but yeah, I, I'm just interested to talk to Tim because you and I are guilty of this, I think. We sit here all the time and talk about those three guys. We talk about Errol. We talk about Willie. We talk about Leo. And pretty much any conversation of the linebacker group revolves around those those guys and yet here's tim washington a guy that's a senior that's that's been around for a long time played a lot of football at mississippi state and i kind of feel like he's he's been lost in this shuffle a little bit and i think sometimes folks forget hey you've got you got a a talented experienced guy sitting in the wings back there too uh it's it's not just it's not just the arrow willie and and leo show um and uh i think aaron brulee is another guy i hadn't been asking about him but aaron brulee is another guy that's Got a lot of praise over the course of this camp. So, outside of the fact that Errol and, and Willie and Leo are an outstanding trio, State's got depth in that room, man. It, yeah. it, it's a. You're right. It's probably the most talented room over there, top to bottom.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. That that's a uh, a group of guys that you know anybody in the SEC would be would be very pleased to have on board uh, with them. Talking to these guys, talking to these assistant coaches, there is a there is a quiet, and maybe it's not even that quiet, but there is a confidence about these guys that this this team is going in the right direction. This team is is ready to play, and that that the this, this stage is set to have. Could we call? Can we call it a bounce back year? I mean, is that is that a appropriate term? Because they might have the, they might end up
1: with the same regular season record, but play better. How how, how are we terming that? That's a good question. And, you know, I I think, too, that that to Joe Moorhead's credit and, you know, last year he mentioned this at Media Day how if he had it to do over again, he wouldn't have done some of those things about talking about ring sizes and championships and Mm -hmm. things like that because he set a a standard in the public eye that, apart from winning the SEC, just wasn't going to be met. And this year – I get the impression, kind of like you, that there is a sense of confidence um, uh, amongst this group. Now, but you don't hear it as much, like as far as talking about championships or ring size and that sort of thing. It it is a little bit more of a a quiet, quiet confidence deal. I mean, I thought Bob Shoup at Media Day, without saying it, kind of said, I think our defense, yeah, we don't have Simmons, we don't have Sweat, we don't have Abram, but I think I think that our our defense is is going to be able to be I don't want to say great but be just fine kind of thing. That was kind of the the layman's terms of what I heard Bob Shoop say at media day. Um, I do sense a lot of confidence. Um, I I don't want to go down this this road too much because there's not too much to go down. But I'm interested to see how if if anything if any of these rumors of suspensions and things come to be what that what that does as far as the depth on the team and people's confidence and, and the team's confidence and who's – we'll see about all that. You know, we just, just one of those things right now you can't really talk much about because you don't 100% know how that's going to shake out. But but anyway, uh, right now, as we sit, what, some 10 days out from the first game, I think you're right, quiet confidence is a, is a good way to, to sum it up with this group.
0: Only one piece of business really left for Mississippi State, and that's to name a starting quarterback. Today, as we record, the 21st is the day that sort of Joe had set as the target, 10 days out from the first game. Well, I think Joe, between his ears, he knows right now. I think he does too, but when will that announcement be made? Do you think it'll be Saturday, Saturday. after at Fan Day?
1: Yeah, I, I said the other day on the show, on, right here on Thunder and Lightning, mm-hmm. Talk Mississippi, yes, uh, yes. that if I had to guess, that, that Joe will tell us on Saturday afternoon when we talk to him um, and I think we talked to him before Fan Day, so it's like in the – I can't remember. I don't have the schedule right in front of me, but it's somewhere in the 1 o'clock range, I think, that we talked to Joe. I, I think that whenever that time is on Saturday afternoon, I think that's when he names his starting Makes quarterback. And, and, and I don't think it's going to be any beating around the bush kind of deal. It's probably going to be the first question, and I think he's going to answer it.
0: We'll find out for sure. Uh, we'll, yeah, we'll see. On Saturday. we got a little more football to talk about, but we, not, not expecting to do women's basketball in, in the middle of August, but – Big news for Mississippi State on uh, Tuesday night as it was revealed that – and kudos to MSU. It's tough to keep things under wraps these days. I don't think anybody had any idea this was playing out behind the scenes. But a waiver was placed for Jordan Danbury to get a sixth year of eligibility, and that waiver was approved, and she will be back. And that is a huge, huge addition for Mississippi State women's basketball uh, to bring back a player of that caliber who was getting – had her best year a season ago. Got to believe she's going to be a, a big part of this team. That's a very guard, uh, I guess, a little guard heavy is not the right word because you know Hunter and uh, and Bibby are more four or more three fours. You know they they can play out on on the uh, in the, the front court a little bit more. But leadership and and those those intangible qualities plus a plus score and plus defender, they couldn't be this couldn't be a big. The only thing that could have been bigger was somehow Tierra McCowan getting another year. Yeah.
1: Yeah, le- I mean, you hit all the right points. Leadership. Um, I mean, state's relatively young at the guard spots too. Yeah. So to, to get get a veteran back in there that you can, you kind of know what you're getting. Man, this is huge. I uh, I I don't think it can be understated how big this was, and this is one of those deals where. And look, I I don't think any either one of us was on the fence. I think we thought state. Will still be a really, really good women's basketball team in the year to come, even before this news. But to me, this kind of just goes ahead and locks it up that Schaefer and company—they're going to be right in the mix yet again. Yeah, uh, you have
0: to you have to consider them as probably right there with with South Carolina as the favorites to win the SEC, and, and South Carolina is going to be doing it more with youth. You know, they got a lot of, of really super talented freshmen in Mississippi State to get a player like Barry back, who's been through these wars before, who knows what it takes to win. You know, she, I think she's going to – and this is a good opportunity for her. We talked a little bit about Jazz Holmes when they went over to uh, Italy and about trying to expand her game a little bit. And, and Jordan Danbury needs to show that she can shoot perimeter shots. That was her, her only weakness. That, you know, and, and it was the same with Holmes last year, that they were just not really comfortable beyond, you know, the mid-range. So if she can come out and maybe add a little bit of perimeter shooting to her game – that's a huge weapon for Mississippi State because you know you're getting that with Bibby coming back and with Espinosa Hunter. That, to have those you know opening everything up down low for Promise Taylor and Jessica Carter, that's going to be a big thing for Mississippi State. So huge news for MSU. And, again, kudos to them because yeah, I, I was not even even aware that this was going on.
1: I, I wasn't either. And, and to be honest, as most of you know that, that that's listening, Robbie Falk knows most of our, our women's basketball coverage for the SDN. Uh-huh. So I, I – I, I pay attention to MSU women's basketball, but I don't cover it, so I'm not all in on the ins and outs of, of things as much as I am the other sports. And um, maybe, maybe Robbie knew something was afoot, but I never heard him say it if he knew it. So right. yeah, this seemed this seemed like something that did kind of completely come out of the blue. And uh, yeah, it's kind of cool to get. <laughs> I mean, to, he, to did, get these, he didn't tweet about surprises. it before it happened, so yeah. I, mean, I have
0: to assume you know he would have broken that story if he knew.
1: Yeah. Um, so yeah. But anyway, it, it, it's really neat in in today's age of anything to, yeah. to get surprises because most times something things leaks. are spoiled before yeah. it happens, and uh, not in this case. So, and, and you could see Vic Schaefer made it so you could, just like you, we're not going to talk about this. You, you could see in the video that the Mississippi State women's basketball posted the excitement level of the team to get Jordan Danbury back, and that yeah. was a cool moment too to see the genuine reaction of teammates for this surprise. Yeah. Everything about this is neat. It was a neat story. It was a neat uh, event or whatever you want to call it that Schaefer had apparently in his office that they recorded. And uh, I guess the neatest thing of all is the fact that Jordan Edmonds going to be back on the court. Yeah, very good. All right, one
0: more opponent preview, and then we've only got one more after that. Uh, we are talking about USM, the Golden Eagles, headed to Starkville to renew that old rivalry. Before Joel and I talk, let's talk to Luke Johnson. He is the host of... Of the Eagle Hour on Super Talk Mississippi and a former USM player as well. Let's talk to him. And a man after Joel's heart, too. I, you know where I called him at work today. You know where he works? Where's your work? First Baptist Church in, uh, in Hattiesburg. Woo. So a man of the cloth, a man who has done it on the field. We what, should what?
1: all be working for the Lord, Brian.
0: Yeah, but the Lord doesn't pay all of us. He just pays some of us. He's giving all of us a great retirement. Well, great reward in heaven. I, I get that. But until I get there, i got to have money here. So, I mean, I'll tell you what, if the Lord wants to buy out Supertalk,
1: I'll work for the Lord. Well, you can still shine for the Lord as you work for Supertalk.
0: Well, I'm trying to do that, Joel, but you're making it really hard right now, I'll be honest with you. (laughs)
1: Luke
0: Johnson joining us now. Wow, we're only a couple of weeks away from the start of the first game, which means we're, what, three weeks away from Mississippi State and USM renewing their rivalry uh, here in Starkville. First time since 2015. The two teams will play each other on the other line. My friend Luke Johnson, Super Talk Mississippi, the Eagle Hour podcast, and former Golden Eagle in the glory days of Southern Mississippi. They haven't been as good since you left. It's just a simple fact.
2: Well, they were good one year. They They won 12. We never did that. Uh, but yeah it's it's uh, it's good to be talking to you Brian I just want to let you know ahead of time uh that I am a Southern Miss Golden Eagle through and through, your listeners need to know that when Logan Cook was playing, he's a protege of mine when he was at Mississippi State, mm-hmm. I would pull for uh, the maroon and white, and I have never pulled for T-Sun. I just want to <laughs> state that on record. You are you are
0: just – you've ingratiated yourself to all of our listeners right now. They're, 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 <laughs> they want to know more about Luke Johnson at this point. I want to know more <laughs> about Southern Mississippi. Uh, Jack Abraham, good quarterback. I, I mean, honestly – of the three big schools in the state of Mississippi, I think Southern's probably in the best situation at quarterback of knowing what they have. But you're telling me, and I heard you talk about this with Richard last week, that it's looking like that it could be two quarterbacks, or, I mean, it could just be a competition where, where Abraham's not even the guy there. What is the quarterback situation uh, down in Hattiesburg? Well,
2: they, uh, you know, Tate Whiteley had to come in last year and played as a true freshman, and his arm strength really increased over uh, the offseason. Uh, but this, this year especially uh, – Over the last week as a scrimmage, Jack's pulled away a little bit. He actually led the country last year with 73% completion percentage. This past weekend, he went 15 to 20 for about a buck 30 and threw a touchdown. I think it's, Jay Hobson has never been one to announce his starting quarterback, you know, weeks out. But unless something drastically changes, Abraham's going to be the quarterback. And, and what since I since I talked to uh, to Richard on Sports Talk the other day, uh, what what really has kind of emerged I think Tate Watley is going to be more of a situational quarterback. When they get into maybe a third and four or you know like a a third and goal or, or second and three, Watley's ability to run uh, is going to allow Buster Faulkner in the offensive. Play calling staff just to give more options on the field. Abraham's never been a runner; uh, his his arm is is his game. But Watley comes in into short yardage situations or or uh, you know RPO situations, and I, I think that's where you're going to see him more. So so Abraham again, unless something drastically happens, he's going to be the guy uh, from day one.
0: One thing this USM team was not last season was it was a good running team only averaged about 112 yards uh, per game leading rusher uh, Travinsky Mosley 49 yards per game. Uh, Can this team be better running the football this year.
2: One of the things that they did, they went out and they signed seven offensive linemen in December. And in that, you, you, you got a couple of, uh, of good transfers. Tanner Hawthorne started his career at, at Purdue. Uh, Kalik Washington actually flipped the Southern Miss uh, from Central Florida on signing day. Trace Clopton's back. He's a true sophomore. But uh, So they beefed up the offensive line. Drake Dorback's healthy. He's going move, move to be moved back to left tackle. That's Drake uh, Dorback.
0: Has- Drake Dorback from vicksburg from Warren central oh no no he's a vicksburg he's a gator i'm sorry aloysius flash is
2: what he is ah i knew that i knew that yeah
0: so go ahead with the Is that your alma mater yeah
2: wow there you go and he's a mountain of a man by the way he looks like mount everest out there uh but they moved him back to left tackle, which is they moved him to right tackle last year, and a lot of people thought it was a mistake. So he's your blind side guy this year, Uh and they've been they've been rotating a lot, just kind of one name to, to for for people to to look at. Coker Wright is a true freshman, and six four, about two eighty. He's out of Brookhaven. He came in early in the spring. He's been running uh, some left guard, uh, so you may have a, a true freshman out there also. So, uh, but they're going to have a lot more depth on the offensive line than they did last year, and they've got some guys that can come in immediately and play.
0: At the running back situation, I forget the guy's name. You were telling me about us, telling him about us last week. Six foot two, two hundred and sixty pounds, some sort of defensive end running back that Southern Miss is running out there. Who is this kid?
2: Stephen Anderson uh, he was a kid that actually signed uh, as a quarterback and he came in <laughs> and so they converted him yeah he's a redshirt sophomore he's 6'2 242 and as a true fresh or as a redshirt freshman last year a lot of southern miss fans thought he'd get a lot more carries than he did and especially in short yardage situation they really didn't go to him all that's changed this year uh he's he's going to see a lot more action he, he scored actually uh, against louisiana tech last year and, and won that game but he didn't play as much as he should he's been looking good in fall camp i think he rushed for seven rushes 40 yards in the last scrimmage but uh, he's a guy that can just run over people and uh so so mosley's going to be the back and, and mosley has he's a true sophomore Uh, Travinsky Mosley has, has in some way, a little Edo Smith comparison. He's he's more of a complete back. Steven Anderson is going to be uh, kind of the the drill and the hammer. And then a a kid that uh, a lot of people are are liking is Kevin Perkins. Uh, He transferred in from uh, Northwest Community College, was their lead back the last few years. And uh, Perkins has looked really good, scored two touchdowns in the scrimmage on Saturday.
0: Then in the passing game, who are the playmakers out there on the perimeter for, for Abraham?
2: Well, this this may be the deepest position for uh, Southern Miss as far as wide receivers go. Quez Watkins, who was a 900 yard uh, receiver last year, he had some uh, qualification issues and he had to go to, down to uh, to Pearl River, I believe, and, and got qualified. But he's back and he's a first team all-conference preseason. He's your number one. Tim Jones, who has just really just muscled up. He's a huge guy on the outside. Jalon Adams, who's very athletic. Uh, and then you're looking at guys like Neil McLaurin from, talk about St. Aloysius, uh, Neil McLaurin, a West Jones Mustang. He's a senior uh, and really athletic, 6'2". He played quarterback at, at Southwest Community College and then went to Minnesota and, then, and found his way back to Southern Miss. They've got a, probably six guys um, that could – be in the starting lineup anywhere in conference usa so abraham has tons of targets to throw to on the outside
1: i feel
0: like you left the guy out uh i, I think I, I probably
2: did there's probably, probably somebody I, probably I left missed. out Demichael harris out of yeah then yeah. I, mean, I left harris out he's been he, he's actually uh, reports are that he actually may start uh or, or be in in you know like a four guy so yeah, yeah. he's I, I totally forgot and, about and, and where uh, did Michael. he go to high school He went to St. Aloysius, too. There's just a Southern Miss connection.
0: (laughs) we got a lot of former uh, Golden Eagles that went to St. Aloysius. No no question about that. All right, defensively, this team was really good a season ago. They gave up less than 20 points per game. Uh, Really good Southern Miss defense. Can they be better this year?
2: Uh, the, the kind of the consensus is not only can they be better, that, that they will be better. And this is a team that finished last year in total defense third in the country in total defense. Uh, the, the, what they've been saying about the linebackers is they will literally send send the linebackers in in, in waves. Uh, there's just a lot of guys, Rakeem Booth, uh, Latham from, from Meridian High School, uh, Slazy Bozeman who transferred in. They're just, there's going to be tons of depth at the linebacking position. Up front, two guys that are uh, preseason, all-conference uh, USA, DeMario Smith, Jacquez Turner. Uh, they, they can put a lot of pressure on the quarterback, and it just helped Torrence Brown, who started 10 games for Penn State a few years back, as a graduate transfer. He's probably going to play uh, some of the Bandit. Uh, they may move him back and forth between Bandit and, and the end. Had a transfer in from Alcorn State. Uh, I think Whittington's his name. Uh, he had a lot of sacks last year uh, for, for the Braves. And then the defensive secondary, Kyle Hemby out of East Mississippi uh, was second in the nation last year in interceptions. They've got him back. So the defense, uh, Tim Billings really feels like this could even be a better version of last year's Nasty Bunch.
0: When you look at the this, this series when it restarted in 2014, obviously USM was coming out of the Ellis Johnson. Uh, I won't call it an error. I might call it an error, but uh, you know that first game, State was just so much better than Southern. They come down to Hattiesburg the next year, and the game was was closer. And there were times where USM, you know, you felt like a play here, a play there. They could have maybe had a chance at the upset. What does USM have to do to come to Starkville and and, and win this football game?
2: Um, I think. They, they can't obviously turn the ball over on offense. They're going to have to play a pretty pretty good game in order to, to have a chance to, to win it. I do think defensively they can take uh, – Tommy Stevens is going to start for State. Is that right, what it looks like right yeah, now?
0: Yeah, if, if we had to guess.
2: I would just say defensively I think they can, whether it's Stevens or, or anybody else, I think they can exploit maybe a little bit, put more pressure uh, on and and you know it's as, as far try to force the quarterback into making some decisions, and then I think really it, the game may come down to special teams. And Southern Miss has a freshman kicker, She don't know, you know what that's going to be like. Um, I, I, th- I think to be honest, this isn't just blowing smoke. I really think the Eagles believe they have a legitimate chance in that game to make it a football game. Uh, but but Jack Abraham has been a guy. You know, last year he forced some throws you can't do that against an sec defense and again what you said the achilles heel they've got to find some way uh to to put some uh, alleviate some pressure in the passing game they're going to have to try to to run and I, you know if if uh, they rush for for i would say less than 100 yards it, it, it possibly may be a blowout
0: you know if they if they need a kick to be made they can always pull you out of the stands right
2: well um yes i i guess so but i think my eligibility it was exhausted about 15 years ago we'll figure
0: that out that that's that's the least of our problems we'll figure the rest of it out all right luke johnson you can always catch him uh every so often with us on sports talk mississippi and you can always hear him at supertalk.fm on the eagle hour podcast uh if you want to keep up with usm so luke thanks for joining me man i appreciate it
2: thanks Dad. Have a great day
0: all right thanks to luke for uh, for joining us always appreciate these guys giving us their time uh when you just take the names away and I say SEC versus Conference USA, you automatically think that's the SEC team's win. Yep. But in-state rivalry and Southern Southern will be fired up to play in this game. And they have, you know, some pieces there. They're good defensively. They have an experienced quarterback. They've got some playmakers out there on the perimeter. I think USM can make this game interesting for a half or two and, and make MSU sweat. Sort of the same way they did down in Hattiesburg in 2015.
1: Yeah. Uh, the thing is, though, I think state does have the talent that if they're clicking on all cylinders, you know, if, if Tommy comes out and he's, you know, accurate, and if, if the offensive line is, is as good as Marcus Johnson talked about today that he thinks they are, and and if, if Kylin Hill is doing Kylin Hill things and the defense hadn't taken that big of a step back, I still think this should be, at the end of the day, a relatively easy win for Mississippi State. Um, I mean, can you draw up some scenario? I you know, that, that whole thing about in-state rivalry and, and all that, t- to me, that that hype lasts for about the first five minutes of the game. And then from then on, talent kind of takes over. Uh, unless in those first five minutes that hype has overwhelmed Mississippi State for whatever reason, and you look up on the scoreboard and, and Southern has an early touchdown, and, and they've made you go through and out, and they got the ball back kind of thing, and then all of a sudden the momentum's rolling, and then you just never know at that point. But... But by and large, all the hype and all the in-state rivalry junk, I think you can kind of put that aside at the first five or ten minutes of the game. And at the end of the day, state should be better than Southern Miss in, in just about every component. And, and so you, you do feel like that, that this should be a relatively easy state win as I started this whole diatribe. I should say. be.
0: Should be. I mean, I think it's sort of telling if it isn't. Uh, Southern last year was so bad at running the football. If you look at their stats, only averaged 112 yards rushing. Uh, per game i mean that is a that's rough uh, especially when you consider you think conference usa defenses shouldn't be that stout but if they can be better running the football there's no reason i don't think they can't challenge for the conference usa title but to come to starville and win that like you said joel that is a huge huge task uh to ask of them but i do think they like so they can make it a little interesting early you know go back to that 15 game it southern scored first state scores on the, in, the ensuing kickoff um i think usm i think they were up I don't know if they were ever up again. I have to go back and rewatch that. But, but they, they the first half was a little closer than MSU wanted it to be. Uh, so I think that can be the, the case again, especially when you've got a veteran quarterback uh, who's played. I mean, last year they played at Auburn. They're not, he's not going to be totally phased or anything like that. Um, but that said, yeah, you're right. State, State should win this game. Final score should be something like forty-one seventeen, something like that. You know, maybe going into the the locker room, it's it's 21-17 or not even that maybe 21-10 something like that where they've they've hung around a little bit and then you just sort of pull away in the second half behind you know what should be a a superior offensive line and a superior running game hitting that USM defense
1: yeah i, I kind of feel like maybe the first two games of the year might play out very similarly mm-hmm. you know with, with louisiana down in, in new orleans and then this one you could i could see a as you just said a 41-17 type score in both of those games yeah that that kind of feels about right for for, for both of these. Yeah. Um. I mean, would you say Southern and and uh, Lafayette are about the same talent level? Would I you would say? think. I would think.
0: Honestly, I think Southern might be better. De- it's probably more talented defensively, yeah. and then Lafayette's probably more talented offensively. But if those teams two teams played each other, I would take USM to win. Yeah. I think I think USM's a better team than them, to be honest with you. So we'll see what happens. I'm speaking of Lafayette, or I'm sorry, the University of Louisiana. We'll call them by the correct name. Uh, the Cajuns. Let's 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 that let's, rage. Let's let's be careful. They will do that. So let's be careful in how we 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 go into that. Uh, but we'll talk about that next week because we we somehow I normally don't do it. I timed it perfectly. Week one and week one have matched up. <laughs> I did it. So uh, tomorrow we'll do a box score. We'll talk about Alabama.
1: Ooh, we can get. Uh, Let's see if we know anybody on the Alabama beat now. I know
0: Michael Casagrande. Oh, uh,
1: so. okay.
0: Yeah, speaking of that, before we get out of here, let's give a I was
1: gonna say Brett Hudson, man. Give give let, let's get Brett Hudson on the show. He's no longer a This competitor. is what was
0: gonna happen. I made a joke and then I was gonna transition to something serious.
1: Oh, I literally thought you did not uh, th- but, get where I was
0: going. But My you, bad. You screwed it up. My bad. My bad. Sorry. I need where's Bob when I need him, I tell you what?
1: Joel Maybe sooner than you think.
0: No, never. Uh, that said, I would like this. We would like to say goodbye to our friend Brett Hudson. He is headed off to Tuscaloosa. Uh, got a job with the Tuscaloosa News. Not good enough for the Columbus paper, but the the best football program in the country is going to let him cover them. Uh That said, congrats to him and his wife Morgan. Uh, she, they're both Alabama grads, so this is sort of a homecoming for them. Uh, good for them, and we will miss them. We'll see him in uh, November.
1: If I have to lose a friend, I like losing a friend to like sixty miles up the road. That's not that that's bad. not that bad. Yeah.
0: Hopefully he'll bring ribs the next time he sees us. Yeah, that's, that's cool. I mean, that's what should happen. What can
1: we bring him? I know what we could bring him. Strange brew coffee. That's right. He does like strange brew.
0: Well, then we'll bring him some.
1: So I mean, that's, we'll work out a trade. That that actually was not a plug. That's just a fact. It he is a like plug,
0: but it's also a fact. Yeah, we'll bring we'll bring it in there, and uh, we'll work out a deal. So we'll see him in uh, November when the Tuscaloosa or when the Crimson Tide head over to Starkville. So good luck to him and uh, Alabama fans. If you're listening, you're getting a good one. So enjoy it. Tomorrow's show, no Joel and maybe no Brian. I haven't decided yet. We'll see. If if worse comes to worse, we'll do two box scores next week. Uh, Also, I am scheduled to talk with Athletic Director John Cohen on Friday at 11 a.m. So we'll just make that exclusive content away from the podcast. We'll put it up immediately. Plan to ask him uh, some questions about, you know, how do you follow last year? What are you looking forward to this year? But more importantly than that, plan to ask him about, Alcohol sales. What's MSU's plan going forward? And I'm interested to get his thoughts on the transfer portal, Joel, because look at his perspective: former player, former coach, and now an administrator. That guy he has to have a different perspective than just about anybody else in the country, I would think, on that particular issue. So I'm interested to talk to him about that. So that interview will be up on Supertalk.fm and available wherever you get your podcast. Sometime Friday after you know early afternoon,
1: right here on the Thunder and Lightning podcast feed. That's correct. Wow, I look forward to hearing that.
0: All right. Talk to the, we'll we'll do all that very, very soon. Guys have a great Thursday. I will probably be back with you on Friday. I don't know. I won't be. See you guys Monday. Joel will be back on Monday where it will be game week. And we'll have starting quarterback
1: most likely to talk
0: about. That is gonna be the that, I, I will be shocked if our podcast title isn't Tommy Stevens named MSU starting quarterback. I think it's a safe bet. I feel pretty good. All right, guys, have a good one. Talk to you again soon for Joel. T. Coleman. Woo. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk, Mississippi. A Super Talk, Mississippi Media Production.